Welcome to the Anchor Podcast, offering Jesus-shaped perspectives and anchors for the soul. I'm your host, Jeremy Berg, and you can learn more about me and our ministry at kingdomharbor.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey, welcome to the Anchor Podcast. Jeremy Berg here, and... Happy New Year again. I know we're three weeks in, but uh, just getting back into the podcast groove. Um, If you listened to my rambling last week, I said that I want to spend some time um, doing some more banter. Um, If there are those of you out there who are listening, you you probably know me. Um, You can find far more professional content, polished, put together in so many other places. I'm guessing those who do click on these um, are a friend of the family. You know me. You have an interest in uh, in my life, in my ministry. Maybe you're part of the church community or our extended network. And so you may enjoy some personal stuff. Today I want to share uh, a couple things. And uh, the first thing is I'm just kicking off new classes at uh, the university. And today, you know, like many schools, we're trying to navigate the mask thing. You know, this thing that's been so politicized that uh, it can quickly uh, launch a dumpster fire in the middle of your classroom uh, or political uh, um, war. Well, today I uh, I had to enforce the rule. Our, uh, the city of Minneapolis has gone into a, a mandate for uh, institutions, buildings, and um, and so I'm trying to honor uh, the school's policy, the city's mandate, um, and so I just I thought I'd share just kind of uh, because inquiring minds want to know what I think about on this hot button ish button issues. I want to just share a little bit about how I navigate this thing. Um, because you can look at this from the standpoint of, um, science and you might believe that the scientific evidence clearly points to masks, make a difference, stopping the spread, uh, saving lives. Others are going to point to other scientific studies and say, there's no way these masks are really doing anything. And that's a joke. And you reject the science. So science is not always the best approach on this thing. Um, another way to go about it is to uh, just uh, walk your political tribe's line and just say, okay, I'm a part of uh, my tribe is anti-mask, anti-vax, um, pro-personal uh, freedom and liberty and and therefore you're going to be anti, you're not going to want to wear a mask because um, that's what liberals do. The other tribe, the other side, they're into masks and uh, <clears throat> believing in uh, overblown science, as, as some might think. And so you're going to have a political approach to this issue. You're anti-mask because your tribe is anti-mask or you're on the other side. You are convinced that masks are the responsible thing to do as a citizen in this society. And so you're going to lob your verbal bombs and uh, emotional animosity at those who don't wear masks. And that's not very productive either, is it? So here we are. And here I am as I walk into 
um, a classroom in a Christian school as a pastor and teacher of the Bible and theology, what am I going to do? Well, here's how I've been approaching this. I have not been mainly coming at it from a scientific point of view, even though I have my opinion on the science. Neither have I been, I've been trying to avoid being tribalistic and partisan about it. Um, what I've been trying to do, lo and behold, is to take what I call a Jesus-shaped approach. What do the teachings, the clear teachings of Jesus, what would they lead me to do in how I approach um, the mask issue? Well, here's, here's, here's what I said to my class today. And right after I said it, someone did get up and storm out of the room. I, I don't know if they were upset. I don't know if it had anything to do with what I said. They might have just uh, had to go to the bathroom real quickly or got an emergency call and something else. But they might have been offended by what I said. But um, I said quite clearly... Um, this is the policy of the school right now, and I am going to enforce it in this room. And, uh, but I want you to know that at the very heart of the Christian life and Jesus teachings is to try to live in such a way that you put other people's interests and, and well-being above your own well-being and preferences. We are to go out of our way to bend over backwards to accommodate others, to sacrifice for others, to um, fight for others' well-being. The opposite of that worldview, of that Jesus-centered teaching, is a mindset and attitude that would that would be all about me, my personal freedoms, my rights, and uh, insisting that I get my way and nobody would tread on my personal liberties and preferences. That's not the way of Jesus. That may be a, a worldview anchored in the Founding Fathers, a sense of freedom, individual freedom of choice. And, and so, but there's a political narrative, of course, right now that uh, you know, one side of the political spectrum is trying to tread on our individual liberties, and the other side is like very defensive and afraid and feeling like they're they're being they're losing something. And anyway, at the end of the day, um, my ethics, which are derived from Jesus, is to try to be willing to sacrifice for the greater good. And that for me means putting on a mask, even if it's uncomfortable for an hour, um, out of respect for the authorities of the institution of which I'm a part or represent and out of respect and love for those in the classroom who may, um, may, uh, get infected by uh, less mask wearing. I am not convinced masks are fail-proof, and I don't think anyone I know is claiming they are. But if they could help just a little bit 
uh, check the spread, slow the spread, um, then I'm okay wearing one. Um, and ultimately I told the students, I said, listen, the bottom line is this, I really want to stay in person teaching here in this room with you, learning together face to face. I do not want us to go virtual onto zoom and neither do you. And everyone shook their head and said, yes, we don't want that. And so what I'm asking you to do is for this hour in this classroom, put on a freaking mask, whether you want to or not, and uh, do it um, out of love for others. And um, up someone got stormed out of the room. I don't know what was so offensive, but uh, that's where we're at as a people, as a nation. And, uh, so what's your, uh, what's your approach to that issue? Are you being, are you being driven by a, a political tribe and its narrative? Are you animated more by, um, scientific convictions on statistics, or are you trying to live consistently with the spirit of Jesus? At the end of the day, I follow a Lord who gave his very life for others. And then he called his disciples to be willing to take up their cross and sacrifice themselves for others. Now, a cross is one thing. A mask is pretty small, a pretty small sacrifice to follow Jesus. So there you have it. There's my mask um, philosophy. Um, for what it's worth. Follow Jesus, put others first, and don't get hung up on the me and my rights. Moving on, I want to say a word about, um, the main thing I wanted to say today is, I want to talk about the personality. I want to share, blah, 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 introduce you to a person who made a big impact on me. As I ponder continuing this podcast, as I ponder, um, is it worth my time? Am I making any difference? Who in the world would want to listen to me ramble or hear my thoughts on following Christ in the 21st century? Well, here's one reason I think it might be worth continuing on. His name is Michael Spencer. Michael Spencer was a hillbilly preacher and teacher from Kentucky, I think, Kentucky. Michael Spencer was known as the Internet Monk. That was his, uh, he became a, a well-known blogger in the early days of blogging in the, in the 2000s. He, uh, that was his, uh, he had an Internet Monk radio podcast, which I stumbled upon um, years ago. As I was just getting started in ministry, I uh, I found him. I found his voice. I found his podcast. Again, this is the early days of podcasting before everyone and their grandma had a podcast. And this guy would be broadcasting his thoughts on following Christ in the evangelical wilderness from his this teeny little no-name school that he taught at a little private high school, charter school, in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains. And I fell in love with this guy 
he became this friend across the, the radio waves. Um, and looking back, I remember how much I long, I looked forward to tuning into his next episode and, um, and I loved how honest he was about some of the things he was frustrated with in ministry and in teaching and making disciples. He was very raw and real. Um, he's, he's also very thoughtful and he always helped me look at things in a new way. But it was this sense of connecting with another person of, of souls, um, rubbing up against each other that I was somehow, uh, that we were part of a, a, a similar story. I think I connected with him because he was this no name blogger teaching at a, a school off the, the map in the grid. He had no, not a published author, no mega church leader. He was just an ordinary guy trying to teach people the way of Jesus in a no-name place. And I found him. And this guy in obscurity became um, a soul friend, uh, a shepherd, a guide and a teacher for such a time as this. And... Michael Spencer passed away uh, right as I was just really, really uh, enjoying um, his ministry and benefiting from it. He uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and very quickly um, he was gone. And he passed away, I think, in 2010. And uh, it was a weird thing because I don't know if you've ever gotten close to like a radio personality um, or a teacher who you don't really know personally. They don't know your name. You've never met in the flesh, but maybe you've read their books or you've listened to their podcast, watched their YouTube videos, listened to their radio show. And uh, you know what I mean? They, they become, you you have a, some sort of real relationship with them. They become a significant voice in your life. And um, there's a deeper part of our humanity at work there. And I just spent uh, four years of of doctoral research, diving into the significant, um, the significance that embodied wisdom, uh, the, the, the teacher's very person and personality is a huge ingredient for leading us spiritually. And my whole, uh, my whole thesis was really confronting this moment in our culture where uh, Christians and and everybody, we are getting more and more teaching content, but it's coming in disembodied forms. You get a sermon that you download and listen to in your earbuds. You 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 listen. You watch a YouTube video where you get rich information and teaching that uh, that is helpful, but it's disembodied. It, it's it's detached from a real flesh and blood relationship with a real living teacher. And my whole thesis was that um, uh, we're missing something there, that we are impacted and we grow and uh, 
by more than just downloading uh, naked ideas and content into our brains. We, God has created us as incarnate beings, embodied beings, and the, in our attempts to teach the way of Jesus, uh, I mean, this is the gospel. Je the God, it wasn't enough to just send prophetic oracles. Um, eventually, God said, huh, I'm going to come down there and embody the truth, embody the love, embody the way. And that's what happened in Jesus. Jesus was walking, talking truth, the way, the truth, and the life, flesh and blood with a human face. We beheld his glory. We, we sat around the fire with him. We heard his laugh. We felt his embrace when he hugged us. And so this was a big part of my, my dissertation. I was calling pastors to more embodied modes of pastoral ministry and teaching in these days where many pastors are content to just throw a podcast episode up um, or, uh, or uh, encourage people to just stay in their homes and, and, and participate uh, virtually in the service. And, uh, COVID put that on steroids because we were forced to do that. But I think many, many Christians are sitting there and they think, they know they're getting good teaching. The, the content is good, and yet they're lonely, and there's something missing. And that something may be um, you don't have a mentor in your life who you can lean on and, and listen to their story and the lessons they've learned hard way and to put their arm around your shoulder and, and, and look you in the eye and, and take you by the hand and walk you through a hard season. Like many of us are just what I called uh, sheep without a flesh and blood shepherd. Jesus looked across the, uh, the mass of confused uh, people of his day, and it said he had compassion on them because they were confused sheep without a shepherd. And so all that to say this, my hope is that this, my voice for you, dear listener, God willing, might, there might be a connection similar to the connection I had to Michael Spencer, the internet monk, some 12 years ago. I miss him dearly. I miss his voice. And it's my hope, <laughs> and again, even if there's six people out there who click on these when they drop every week, you would know that we're in this together. You're not alone. Um, I'm going to be real with you. And maybe you can draw courage that there's another person who's sharing a similar struggle or frustration that you share. Maybe there's a, I can voice a longing that I have that you resonate with and you also long for. And at the end of the day, we just need teachers who are real and accessible and human and not on a, on a stage, um, all airbrushed and, uh, polished. And that's what I can offer you. I can offer you a real bumbling, struggling disciple of Jesus, a teacher immersed in the ways of Jesus, the wisdom of the kingdom. And I'd love to invite you to be on this journey with me. So I am so grateful today 
for that no-name person who taught at these teeny little school that no one's heard of faithfully year after year in the Appalachian Mountains that I found his voice. And, uh, and it was a voice that was worth listening to. It was a voice of wisdom, of Jesus-shaped impulses. And God willing, that's what I try to offer here. So if I can be your Michael Spencer, this is way, way worth spending the time each week to put out a recording. So that's enough for today. Let me just leave you with the question. Do you have any favorite radio host personalities, people that have, that their voice brings that special comfort, insight that you turn on every day and um, give thanks to God that he has embodied, that, that he's uh, embodied his word and his ways in people, real human people. Give thanks to those people who have been a part of your life. And, uh, and finally, send me a message letting me know if you get some joy and comfort and encouragement out of my little meager efforts here at the Anchor Podcast at Kingdom Harbor. Grace and peace to you. And by the way, if you turned off the last episode too soon, I tagged on the end a little uh, a little uh, testimonial um, by a friend named John who's benefited from my uh, pastoral letters. And another way I'm trying to embody my pastoral ministry uh, through heartfelt strokes of the pen on uh, pastoral letters. Grace and peace, friends. We'll see you next time.